Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Uh, I get to go to prom tomorrow. That, that's nice. That's fun. What, yeah. what prom are you going to? I, I thought you were done with that. Not a high school one. <laughs> oh, okay. That would be weird. A little. And inappropriate. <laughs> um. <clears throat> Fairness West Virginia, which is a lobbying organization in West Virginia for the LGBTQ plus community, is having a prom tomorrow night as a fundraiser. Oh. So Justin and I are going to prom again. Do you have a fancy outfit picked out or? I do. I do. I have a fancy like kind of tux suit thing. Mm-hmm. Tux-ish style suit. And I bought fancy boots. Fancy boots? Mm-hmm. Taylor, my boots are called the Brooklyn. Oh. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know why, but. I don't know what a what a boot, a Brooklyn boot. Would, I just thought that was a Doc Martin. Yeah, I thought about Doc Martens. I almost did get Doc Martens, but then I saw these little like booties that uh they're black, but they have like this sort of vaguely Western kind of stitching on the sides. Mm. They felt very hipstery to me, mm-hmm. which I normally is not necessarily my style, but I thought it went well with like the sort of patterned shirt and suit thing I was doing. Yeah. I'm, I'm so, not anyway. sophisticating my, my look every day. Um, I started out in law school trying to dress all, like a law student and now here I am four weeks in and leggings and sweatpants is all I can do um, because law school's hard so I'm just going the opposite of fancy suit and boots and sweatpants <laughs> that's I well mean, I mean <laughs> that's fine that's all I got that's what I wear most days I mean I'm I have I have meetings this afternoon and I am in scrubs which I have not actually had to care for patients this day. Um, but what I found is that if you just wear scrubs around and people know that you're a physician, they don't they don't question. They assume you have. And so I can get away with it. Like, I just wore scrubs today. And nobody knows, like, I just came from home. I was podcasting in scrubs. I was just having this exact conversation with some of my other friends in law school where it's like, we don't get the equivalent of, like, going to work somewhat comfortable work clothes this is recognizable that this is what I do and that's why it's acceptable to wear it at all times like scrubs. There, There's no that. I mean, unless we well, just wear like a judge's robe <laughs> all the time. They do look, I mean, comfortable. Judge's robes? Yeah. Sure, but I mean, you don't get to start wearing those when you're in law school. <laughs> That'd be oh, pretty saying. weird. It's a, it's like visualization, mm-hmm. you know, manifesting, manifesting, yeah. wear the judge's robe, become the judge. Uh, I don't know. I would, I would say that scr- wearing scrubs in public is only sort of acceptable. Um, I get away with it a little more because like during, during COVID they mandated at the hospital that everybody wear scrubs. And then they started asking us to not wear the hospital scrubs, like to wear our own scrubs. Weird. I'm not really sure why, but that was part of it. And so I didn't own my own scrubs. I just used the hospital scrubs, um, which are like the because they buy them in mass quantities or like the sort of like 
they I mean they look like hospital scrubs. You know what I mean? Yeah. They don't fit well. They're just they're actually they're not they are not cut for someone shaped like with hips and mm-hmm. certainly with boobs. They they have no like they are not cut for that at all. So they're always like really strangely tight in the waist and then very baggy in the shoulders for me. Anyway, um so I bought my own scrubs and they like I can get away with those they look like pants they look like joggers it looks like I'm in joggers with a strange number of pockets that sounds pretty useful so I don't know that helps a lot um Taylor uh I'm excited to talk about the movie that you picked for this week um because finding it yeah <laughs> was a little it was a little quest i had to go on <laughs> i was not ready for how hard this this movie was going to be to find i apologize uh for that i i, think I mean i found it I, it's fine same like i just had to watch it like at a weird speed on youtube illegally uh i i, I am sorry for that except for there is no other way to stream it it is not on any service so oops uh that- yeah, it was no problem. It was fun. It was like, it was fun doing the digging. And then when Justin came in and found me watching, I think the same one you found. He went, what are you <laughs> watching? And then it was fun because he assumed like, well, Sydney just couldn't find it. And I was like, trust me. I, you can't find this. No, no, I, <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> I, I felt so. like I, I'd gotten because I, I got up early today. I mean, I've seen this movie many times, but I got up early today to rewatch it before we record i was like oh, i'll just hop on prime or whatever it's like oh no oh no so uh i'm glad i'm just glad i found it. I, I felt like i had a pre-warning of this though because just earlier this week i tried to watch the movie the others you know the nicole kidman ghost story mm-hmm. movie mm-hmm. and I, I haven't seen it in forever and i've been rewatching all of my favorite horror movies in spooky season and it was one that i could not find and i'm like how can you just not find it what is that what a weird occurrence that you just can't find a movie streaming somewhere I did not know I would encounter that twice in one week. <laughs> it was Riley. Did you encounter similar yeah, difficulties? Um, I was I was reading until one thirty, so I was like, "Well, you know what? I'm already up reading. Might as well just turn on this movie as I'm, you know, winding down my night. I'll just bring up my Apple TV." Google told me it was on HBO Max. So I pulled up HBO Max. It told me it told me that lie too. Was not on there. Then the next Google told me it was on Prime, wasn't there. Um, And then it said Hulu, it wasn't there. So then I went to iTunes because I was on my Apple TV and just figured like, well, you can buy any movie. Like even if you pay for it, like you can do that now. You can buy any movie. No. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then I went on YouTube and looked up Airheads, and it was a tiny screen. Down in the corner mm-hmm. with like a blue starry background. We all watched the same one. I think. just said, sorry <laughs> for did. the size at the top. Uh, thanks uh-huh. for yep, watching. Yep. Um, and that's what I watched. And then I we moved did. I moved it Great. to my computer so I could at least like zoom in the screen and make it so like the tiny screen was bigger. Um, but yeah. <laughs> we all watched the same one. Yeah. We did. I, we we put in the effort to try to do it responsibly and legally, or pay for it, and that just isn't an option. So. I was prepared to pay for it. I was like, you know, mm-hmm. it's not streaming, so I'll just rent it on iTunes. Can't even do that. I I feel like I mean I am happy to if this is like, you know, if this is fair, I will purchase the DVD offline, <laughs> assuming I can find it, um, just to make it all like shake out fair in the universe. 
I, you know, I will always do what I can to support Brendan Fraser and Steve Buscemi. Like, I, I will do that, but... I don't. I mean, I didn't even look. Can you buy it I on DVD? It, I mean, I, I think the DVDs are still out there. Uh, it is because I mean, I, I also I realize like I, I don't have a DVD player. I don't have a way to watch DVDs. <laughs> like I, I think I have a disc drive in a drawer somewhere that I bought specifically so I could have, at some point watch movies on my laptop, and I don't know where that is. Uh, this is a bigger conversation that I think has been prominent lately about this concern of like wait all this streaming media and digital media we are entering an era where we have permanently lost things that were made in fully digital form and that's kind of scary like there's no archival evidence that certain things exist if they've only been premiered on streaming services and then deleted which is kind of weird and scary and and i think sad that is weird that is weird you know i I was just looking. I, w- I think you can get Airheads on DVD multiple places. It looks like eBay was the first thing that came up. So <laughs> I think, I mean, you just go ahead and order your DVD of Airheads because I it, it's lost to time elsewhere. I have a theory about why it was so hard to find that I've been working on last night as I was trying to go to sleep after watching it. Um, I looked up the Wikipedia because I always like to look up like the people in it and when it came out and like the general reviews and everything. And I saw that it lost like six million dollars. Yeah, it was a failure. Um, oh, I didn't know. And that. I didn't know that. And I wouldn't have guessed that. And my mm-hmm. immediate assumption then was like, well, maybe it just like no one thought to put it on their streaming service because it just kind of like wasn't up there with other it, Brendan Fraser or Steve Buscemi d- movies that were more popular. And it just like didn't reach that level of like everyone from the 90s is gonna need to watch this i i don't know if it because like it has some of the same because i had this thought like is it because it has some of the same problem problematic elements that a lot of movies from that era do but it they are the same ones as a lot of movies from that era i don't think it stands out for that Mm -hmm. i think some of the things they do and say you're like "Mm, no don't eh, don't don't use that word don't say that but it's I don't think it's any worse than any of the other movies we've talked about on the show that are from that same time period no. where you're like, well, there's some sexism here and a little bit of racism here and, you know, and some words that we know better than to use now. You know, I mean, but like that's that is that time period there that all the TV shows and movies that we talk about did that. Well, and this came out. So this was 94. So this was two years after Wayne's World, but similar I kind of, mm-hmm. I feel like they're in the same universe in my head. I don't know. <laughs> like, because it's, they are. Like, parody I mean, metal guys. I don't know. Yes. Yes. They are. They, they are parody metal guys. And there's a little bit, I mean, I, well, okay. Tay, do you want to summarize the plot before we. Yes. Uh, all right. So, Airheads is about uh, the, the, the band, the Lone Rangers, plural, uh, <laughs> who, who uh, are struggling musicians who decide to break into a radio station and force them to play their demo so that they can get a record contract. But everything gets out of hand because they have fake like toy guns that they use to hold everybody ransom. And it just becomes this big media thing. People show up in the parking lot and there's a crowd gathering and uh, they end up getting to play their music live. Um <laughs> And uh, I, I, get, I mean, I feel like that's that's kind of it. That's the plot. Mm-hmm. And then they go to jail. And then they go to jail. jail. And I, well, I think that the bigger s- sort of message is about like 
I, I don't know, art artists making real art versus being a commodity because there's like all these like schmoozy record execs trying to like pay the money or, or make them sign contracts and they don't care about their music or what they have to say. It's 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 interesting. I think it actually kind of goes hard in that specific mm-hmm. like way. Mm-hmm. It does. I mean that that sort of railing against the music industry like that would become the norm. Mm-hmm. This would have been early for that, and certainly was like very. I, I you know it's it's kind of a grunge ethos that they're. I mean it's they're metal guys. But, like, if you look at, like, the the big bands as we're going from the 80s to the 90s, a lot of them were, like, I mean, they were with the record companies, you know? They weren't, like, railing against that system. But then you look at, like, going into the grunge era, then that very much was, like, uh, selling out and all that kind of stuff, that concept. And that's what they're talking about before everybody recognized that there was so much toxicity in the music industry and so many artists that were being taken advantage of. And, and before it became like, I feel like that when you say that now, it's like, yeah, yeah, we know, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think, I think we've all just sort of uh, surrendered to the, the, the industry at this point. <laughs> in so, in so many fields, not just music, yeah. but in so many ways. <laughs> but I do, uh, you know, it's, it's a very, like, I do think that's a very self-aware movie. Cause even some of the things you were speaking on, like, I think that, that, like they make jokes about the fact that it's it's three middle class white dudes. Oh, look at all their problems. <laughs> like I think I was surprised on the rewatch how self aware it was for the time it was made. That Yes. I, I do think it's a it's a it's you know, it is the, the struggle of the artist to be a true artist and, and be taken seriously, but it's also like, yeah, but all right, calm down. <laughs> you don't you don't have real problems. No, I, I think that's true. And and with some of the things like when they when hostages start escaping, when they realize that the guns are squirt guns, mm-hmm. squirt guns with hot sauce in them. Yes. Um, you see that one of the hostages who is a black man is immediately arrested by the police, which I think they are intentionally doing to address that. Like, I think that's supposed to be intentional commentary. Mm-hmm. Which would have been very progressive to even talk about well, in 1994. Yeah, the the other the other person that escapes is Dave, David Arquette as a mm-hmm. surfer punk DJ, and he's like yeah. crowd surfing while the black man's being arrested. And it's a I was I was surprised by that sequence for the time. I was like, hey, that's that's co- that's very accurate commentary. But geez. I, and I don't think I think they pull back just a little from actually sen- from like driving it home. Mm-hmm. From like making the point, but it's there. I mean, they're very clearly making. I, I, it's off. It's intentional. They are making a comment on that. That this is what would happen in this situation. That is not shocking. It is wrong. They don't go all the way with calling it out, but like it's right there. I thought I was kind of impressed in that moment, thinking like, oh, well, that was that was ahead of its time, just to even like acknowledge that reality. Well, and I, I mean, even like I don't know, not 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 to be. <laughs> controversial uh, on Maine but like the way that they kind of present the cops there's there's cops that are like surveying the perimeter of this and I mean they, they kind of they're ridiculous characters that are you know there's like a main guy that seems reasonable but like everybody else is sort of a- absurd and you know I, I, I it is not a, a forgiving representation of, of, of the police which 
is also fair. <laughs> and also very of its time. It's, it is similar again to like Wayne's world. When you talk about like the way that when Wayne's world interacts with a pol- when Wayne and Garth interact with a police officer, it's a very similar vibe. So, so I think, yeah, it's, it's outdated in a lot of the, the, the language and uh, some of the sort of offhand sexism. Absolutely. But I, I, I don't think mm-hmm. it's like, I don't think it's lost to time because it's bad. No, I don't either. That that is what that that is what was confusing to me. I don't think I was sitting there trying to think why is this so hard to find. It's not a bad film. It's very much. I mean, I know it didn't do well, but like it feels to me like a lot of the movies of the time. It's not. I'm not going to say it should win an Oscar. No, but it's, like, it's fun. It's funny. There's some really good performances. It's very much of its time. Like I mean, I I don't think there's anything bad about it. It's not any more offensive or problematic than any other movie from that time is sometimes so like why why is it so hard to find i just i i think with the with the brendan fraser renaissance that i i feel like we're about to experience it might maybe it'll come back on a a streaming service you think so i think so it's also got maybe not my favorite steve buscemi performance but one of them like it's a good steve buscemi metalhead steve buscemi is is real like real <laughs> real transition goals <laughs> like that's a, that's a little dude that looks like he rocks that's what i'd like to be perceived as <laughs> he's a very cool dude i i don't think i remembered that the line where he talks about how it's okay that they're gonna go to he's talking about how it's okay that they'll go to jail or whatever and he's like remember when ozzy peed on the alamo and he was banned from there for 10 years and then he came back and rocked the place. <laughs> I have I have said that and I have heard people say that and I don't think I realized that's what it was from. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny that that, oh, okay. That was, I mean, I know I'd seen the movie but I don't think I'd ever connected that, oh, I, I quote that movie. <laughs> um, I think, you know, the only thing, the only other thing is I was a little surprised because I love Brendan Fraser, and when I think about Brendan Fraser, I think about, like, The Mummy. My Brendan <laughs> Fraser from The Mummy. And I think about uh, George of the Jungle. <laughs> and when and his interactions with his girlfriend were a little hard at first. Because that's, that's rough for the time. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, they're, they're, it, it is a parody. It's, it's, it's yeah caricature. You know, he's supposed to be sort of the meathead bozo kind of character i mean he's very apologetic towards her but i actually i i like the interaction between like the the relationship there because she's kind of just Mm -hmm. as unhinged as he is (laughs) that's true that is why they are a couple like she throws the chair through the window and like breaks the soundboard and then they're like we love each other and then they're good (laughs) it's like you know what this is toxic but it's toxic both ways so it's fine it's funny. I think that it, that shows a, a shift in tone in, in the time, too, though, because like that really was there were so many relationships like that on TV and movies back then that were like it works because they're both such a mess and it yeah. is a toxic relationship. But because they're toxic in that way, that's similar. It's OK. And nowadays we would look and go, mm, that's unhealthy. That's very toxic. But like back then it was like 
something you could aspire to? Like maybe you could be in such a fun, dysfunctional relationship as these two people? <laughs> yeah, but I also think like, isn't that closer to truth? Like I know no nobody wants to be in a in a dysfunctional <laughs> two-way relationship, but like, who are you kidding? That's a lot of relationships. Well, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess we nothing is perfect. That is that is true. Nothing. Nobody is ever always the best that they could be at, at being a partner. Yeah. That is absolutely the truth. Well, it's it, I don't I don't think it's about like finding you, you being your best self and finding somebody else who's their best self and you go for it as your best self. It's like I this is my damage and I do my best with it. What's your damage? All right, I can work with that. <laughs> I, I'm more I prefer relationships that are represented like that so that that's i agree like at the beginning i was like oh she's doing all the work and he's just he's just some lazy bozo it's like nah they're good for each other by the end (laughs) (laughs) it works okay well and i I don't think anyone else could have played that role and still been lovable but brendan fraser riley what do you i i have all this love for brendan fraser because of these movies we've talked about what when did you i mean do you love brendan fraser i guess is what i'm asking um i don't i don't know if i've seen any other big brendan fraser movies ever really the mummy Mm -mm. are there any i don't know any other big deal ones because i can't remember any that i've seen I was, I was about you keep to saying throw the out. mummy and I others. Casino Man? I was about no. to throw out Monkey Bone. I was like, what? Oh, no, no one's seen that. I'm the only one that loves that movie. And he was in Encino Man, right? Yes. I yes, also haven't was. seen that. And George, George, George of, of the, the Jungle. jungle. Um, so, then, I mean, obviously he was in this new movie that's come out, The Whale, but I haven't seen that. Yes. I did know that from Twitter. Doom um, Patrol. He's mainly a voice, but... I haven't seen that. I mean, there were lots of mummies movies. I don't think I saw any of them. Um, um, I, I but, think uh, of I Brendan Fraser as the the ultimate archetype of like when we use the phrase himbo. Like that is mm-hmm. the character he embodies. Mm-hmm. He's lovable, well-meaning. Maybe doesn't always get everything right. <laughs> like that's like I, that is the the. The blueprint for that type mm-hmm. of character is Brendan Fraser. It really is. And I, I'm looking back through movies that he's been in. There is no way you'd remember. I mean, like, I, I'm not surprised. I don't remember. I mean, obviously, I know who he is. And, like, I could picture him in my mind's eye when you were talking about him, like, last week saying we were going to watch this movie. Like, I knew who you were talking about. But not because I've ever seen him in anything. I think just How from not cultural some of I'm context. looking at the covers of some of these movies that he was in back in the 90s and I'm just thinking like this is so my jam from the 90s like not my jam now but like in the 90s it would have been and how have I not seen this <laughs> I don't know I'm just looking at these movies and I'm like that looks like a movie I would have loved but I don't know anything about it I just look at the cover and think like <laughs> look at all look at all those nice looking guys with tousled hair in sweaters on the front I would love that movie what is it <laughs> I will say I did notice two things about people in the movie that were not Brendan Fraser. One is that Adam Sandler has always looked like Adam Sandler. Yeah. <laughs> like, <Right>? always. <laughs> like, that could be Adam Sandler in an Adam Sandler movie I watched in, like, 2013. 
in Airheads, that could be the same person. It is, yeah. I don't know if that means he's always looked young or if he's always looked older than he is. And just now he's actually the age. age. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Maybe it's just Adam Sandler. Um, But one of my favorite, favorite guys from Criminal Minds, which is like my all-time favorite show, is uh, uh, the the DJ. Um, What do they call him? The Shark? Is that what they call him? Whatever his real name is. Like the... Yeah, I know who you're talking the, about. The chill one. Uh, that's that's Joe Mantagna. Mantagna. That's his name. Yes, yeah. That's his name. Uh-huh. Um, he's like one of the main dudes in Criminal Minds. And obviously Criminal Minds, when he was on it, started like a decade ago. So he is much older. So it took me a minute, especially with the low quality uh, YouTube, <laughs> YouTube video. I had to pause and be like, wait a minute. And then look up on my phone like, oh my God, it's him can't believe it he is very good in that movie i do it is it is weird there's the moment where okay so like they have fake guns and then somebody crawls through the ductwork with a real gun kramer Mm -hmm. kramer kramer does (laughs) um that riley that that kramer is from a show called seinfeld do you know okay sydney i know seinfeld (laughs) i don't know i haven't seen a lot you of don't it. it's know not like the I've mummy seen all of it <laughs> i feel like there's a cultural difference between seinfeld and the mummy seinfeld uh. there's a 90 percent chance if you turn on tv back home after 11 o'clock there's a 90 percent chance seinfeld's gonna be on one of the main and there's a 75 percent chance the mummy is gonna be on <laughs> the mummy is on a lot i've never i've you know where i saw brendan frazier in the ride at what universal was it universal or disney that used to be the mummy ride oh no that he was in for like a split second that's where i've seen him (laughs) but you knew but you knew kramer when you saw him well not it wasn't like i saw him and i was like kramer you know it was like oh yeah that guy that's who that is okay because of because i mean the unfortunate downfall of michael richards The guy, the actor who plays Kramer. Mm-hmm. Whenever I see Kramer in a in a in anything, I'm like, oh no, it's Kramer. <laughs> <laughs> he did a um, he, he went on a racist rant once. Oh, Riley. Oh. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yes. Oh, neither of you. Knew. Let me let me tell you that. Yeah. One time, Kramer, and I mean maybe multiple times, but I know at least one time that he did, and it was bad, and mm-hmm. so not a fan of Kramer. Um. But yeah, I, I saw, I was like, uh-oh, Kramer's up in here. And of course he's got a gun. <laughs> At least he's like yeah. a, a crappy character. At least there's that. Yeah. He's, the, he's, yeah. Not, he's a bad guy. He's the worst guy. He brings a real gun to the situation. Yeah. Right. And that is a weird moment. Like, when that gun goes off, it is le- it's legitimately disturbing, I feel like. Well, I, I feel like this is a movie that is, it, it took place before America had maybe, and I mean, a lot of America hasn't, uh, but I would say at least some of us that are aware have had a reckoning with gun violence, where guns are used as a prop in this movie, and it's a part of the storytelling, and, and watching it now, it's like, what, how could you, oh, right, we we just, you just yeah. throw guns around, and it's fun, and it's funny, and it, you can still well, like these guys, even though they brought prop guns into this storyline well that's what i was gonna say even not the real gun just the the bringing of the fake guns well i I had a moment where i was like you can't you can't do that no and i also (laughs) i know from like i don't know from cosplay like that you have not been able to buy anything that looks even close 
to a replica of a gun for it's been decades like like yeah. this is this is a weird yeah. relic where the idea of a of a of a of a toy gun is like that's not i mean good i mean fair but also it's it is kind of weird in that respect like it's a big storytelling in this movie it's like it makes me deeply uncomfortable it it's yeah. true that that's something riley i don't know if you would have seen in your lifetime but like gun toy guns first of all like there used to be a lot more toy guns mm-hmm. which i don't think there are as many we do not that's one of the the i don't have a ton of rules as a parent we do not have toy guns i'm not even a fan of like squirt guns you or, have nerf guns i okay listen justin i do not justin's a I fan do of the nerf have, guns i do not have nerf guns i throw them away here's what i'll say about nerf guns I though ha- do you know how many Nerf guns and squirt guns I've thrown away? A lot. Because they are brought into my house yes. and it makes me mad and everyone knows that they're not supposed to bring them into the house and I get rid of them. I will say the Nerf guns that they make now, though, are so ridiculous with like the giant like barrels and white and orange whatever flames on the side. It's like, OK, this is this is removed from reality. <laughs> I And I tried like we. I tried to be okay with like squirt guns for a while because like you're you know you're swimming in the pool or whatever you're having like a squirt gun fight you know I had a super soaker as a kid (laughs) like those were fun but it's hard like if they're completely removed from the idea of a gun it's easier but I just don't I don't know it's a tough thing it's a tough thing and back back then guns toy guns look like guns remember for a while they just put that little orange cap on the end as if like there we fixed it it's obviously a toy we made the tip orange and it was removable <laughs> yes yeah but the uh yeah the idea of getting that like a gun like a toy gun that looked like that is i mean it's scary because like now we know that that's really dangerous to walk around with well it, i mean i mean they, they even say like steve buscemi works at a toy store and he comments like these things are discontinued or they're you know they're illegal mm-hmm. now so there is that kind of awareness that like it's a weird like harbinger of what's to come that statement like kind of offhand like oh yeah you can't even sell these anymore like oh yeah it's It's one of those moments that's like in movies in like the 90s where people be going to airports and they could just like run through and there was no security or anything and it's like oh this was pre giant historical moment where this thing became different and i think that's true with like fake guns in this movie in 94 and also you know and like i'm thinking of that scene in friends where ross runs through the airport just like no ticket needed nothing and then they have another episode from like five years later and then there's you know you have to have a ticket there's security and all that stuff um but it's always interesting for me to see those because obviously all the large big historical moments were either before my time or right at the beginning of my life where i don't remember a time where they didn't happen that was kind of a sad thing to say. I'm sorry, Riley. <laughs> oh, no. It's not. I mean, it's not sad. I know. It's, it's, I know you didn't mean it sad. I know you didn't mean no, it that I way. No, I really it was don't just, mean it, it at very... all. It's, it's interesting to me because, like, even Love Actually, which is one of my favorite movies to watch at, in the Christmas time, you've got a little boy running through an airport. And the first time I saw it when I was, like, 12, I was just sitting there thinking, like, how? That's not. That's not right. That's not real. And it's just because people of my generation have a completely different outlook on the world and what's okay and what's not and what's typical and what's not um and i think that's i mean that's why i like watching things that you all bring because i don't know it offers a different perspective where it's like this is what the world was like when i wasn't around 
It's hard because like <laughs> I feel I like it's, yeah. this is the exemplification of like that's why we can't have nice things is what we're discussing here. <laughs> I don't I know. I don't well, mean any I of mean, this in a sad way. It's really just genuinely like it is fair. I, obviously I think things no, are fair. probably safer and maybe better in a lot of ways now. I in a lot of regards, I'm not talking about specifically like guns, but in a lot of ways, there are a lot more things that are put in place to keep people safer and hold people more accountable for things than there were in the 90s. Um, sure, we have car seats now. Sure, yeah. yeah. Well, and like seatbelts. <laughs> in some ways, yes. In some ways, I feel like, because like, I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to not beat around the bush. Like with guns, it's like we can keep making toy guns Ill- illegal and things that look like guns uncomfortable and we can't say the word gun but we won't do anything about the actual guns let's be real here <laughs> that's, that's, that's the no, thing right i mean that that's true that's that's a fair statement is that we do we we worry about all these things around it and we have i think i think i don't know i i don't know if movies are more careful about that and i would think i would think that but i think it's like the 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 audience doesn't have the appetite for it like they used to yeah I, that would be my suspicion uh, in this movie the premise that like this young rock band would take hostage a radio station just to get their song on the radio in the 90s it sounds kind of metal kind of like yeah like forget the system make them listen to you make your voice hurt like it sounds cool you say it now and it's like oh my gosh, those poor people. Like, the, there are people who work there. They're just yeah. trying to do their freaking job, man. Like, why would you do that to them? And I, I but I, I understand, like, it's just a shift. You couldn't do that now because that would be my first thought. Why would you do that to people? <laughs> that poor DJ. Well, because it's a, we're, we're, we're aware of, of gun violence, which is, it's wild because, no, we wouldn't have a movie where toy guns are used as a plot element for characters we're supposed to like. But we will absolutely still have movies where guns are cool and 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 people weld real guns and they're they're a cool shiny thing because let's let's just i don't know that's where we're at (laughs) you know what it reminded me of after watching it was the woodstock 99 documentary and like the whole like (laughs) vibe they give of the people that were there at that time and like the destruction and like they were trying to be all like anti-capitalism and you know we're individuals and we don't like feed into the machine and everything but then in the end they ended up like making a really hard situation for a lot of like underpaid workers that had to Mm -hmm. clean up after them and you know lost money and stuff um it kind of reminds me of that where it's like that same kind of 90s vibe where we are anti-establishment and capitalism but haven't quite figured out the best way to maybe do that and like also like an ethical way (laughs) Yeah, you're right. So it's going to burn it all down. <laughs> well, there, there's there's the awareness of of the things like with the sexism and the racism, and there's kind of a nod to it, but mm-hmm. they never turn the full corner of like even the fact like these dudes held a bunch of people at gunpoint and were released in six six months, three months, three months. Three months. Mm-hmm. They were on tour. I noticed that three like, months. It, three the, months. That was a bit of a bitter pill at the end. Like, yeah, that. Well, yeah, it's a bunch of it's a bunch of white dudes. Yeah, that would. Yeah, that, that reads. <laughs> Well, it does. And I mean, they, they sort of comment on that. They say like, well, if you're a rock star, you can kill somebody yeah. and you won't go to jail. Mm-hmm. Like they say that and then they, they become really famous. So they spend three months in jail for doing something that was really scary and dangerous and could have resulted in death. And yeah, I don't know. It, which is maybe it is all commentary, but I think you're right. They they fall just short of 
you know? Well, that's, I think that's the, the struggle of parody. It's like, where do you, if we make this real, if we, we, we make this, everybody has to really pay, then it's, it's not a comedy anymore and people don't watch it. But how do we get the points across, but we still feed them to you in a way that you'll swallow them? And I think that's a hard, mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe that's why, <laughs> that's why it's not readily available. Because it doesn't, it doesn't do one or the other success. It's not lighthearted enough to just be like, this is a goofy movie. And it's not like hard hitting enough to be like, oh, this is really saying something. Yeah. And I, I had that thought going in. I thought like this is going to be like Wayne's World kind of level of like goofy, silly probably have some moments that make me go like "Mm," because it's you know from 30 years ago um but it was not as lighthearted and funny but i don't think it's because of like the jokes being bad or anything i think it was just watching it for the first time in the context of it being 2022 Mm -hmm. a lot of things that maybe were like funny to audiences in 94 just don't don't hold up the same for people now and i think a lot of movies you can get away with some of that like I don't know, Bill and Ted and Wayne's World maybe don't hold up perfectly, but they have a lot of other like really funny, good stuff going on that people still like them. Um, I don't know. Well, it, it, it's sort of primordial soup of a lot of today's problems in this movie. Mm-hmm. And you just, mm-hmm. I mean, I, and I don't like that's not, I still enjoy it. Like, I think that the cast oh, is, yeah. is amazing, especially like the main three. I, 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 that saves it. I mean, really, if you didn't, if you didn't have the right actors, I'm not saying it has to be these three, but if you didn't have the right actors in, in some of those lead roles, I think the movie would be sort of like lost to obscurity because it because of some of these other things we're talking about. I think that they're so good and engaging and at times really funny. I mean, there are moments of this movie that are very, very truly funny. And no matter what other things, you know, might be problematic. But um, but if you didn't have such engaging, charismatic actors in a lot of these roles, I don't know if it would. I don't know if the problems would outweigh how good it is. I just can't get over like it's really hard these days to put a movie on YouTube in its entirety and not have YouTube <laughs> be like, no, we'll put it on here, but you have to pay five dollars to watch it. This like it one. has that one had seven hundred thousand views on that video. Like it was not just some obscure out of like only been up for a couple months video like it's been up for a while and has a good amount of views and youtube still is just like eh. <laughs> i don't understand i have never seen this happen there has never been anything we've discussed on this show no matter how like obscure or or how old it is or anything that i've not been able to at least like rent somewhere or pay money somewhere uh, this is the first time that has ever happened did i how is that did i bring the most controversial piece of media that's still buffering and it's new era? i don't even I'm think so it's sorry. the most controversial thing that <laughs> we've ever talked I wouldn't about have thought, no i we have talked about stuff that is way more problematic yeah that is way like that like we have talked about things on our show that i have trouble saying like I even if there are parts of it or actors or whatever that I really like that I have trouble saying anything other than this is this is bad like this is deeply flawed in ways that are harmful now I don't feel like that about this movie I think there are certainly things that you wouldn't put in a film now yeah Mm -hmm. and in a perfect version of this I would remove they use some they use some some slurs and things Mm -hmm. that I would never I would never advise be in a film but I don't I mean, it is not nearly as bad as some of the other stuff we've talked well, about. Well, you know, and I, I think something that I like about what we do on the show is that I don't think we bring things to the 
to the center to just crucify them. Like, if it's a bad thing, it doesn't need our press. There's too much of that in the media, right? Like, look at this bad thing that you should feel badly about. And it does bad things. Like, we don't need to give a platform to media that should be left behind, that should be thrown away to YouTube. It, it can stay there. So I want to question my, my thoughts on this. Like, well, why did I bring this forward? But I also feel like... I, I always try to reduce whatever I offer up to, like, what is it trying to say? If I feel like it's trying to say something that's worthwhile, it's okay to talk about the gnarly bits and the things that don't land in modern in the, the modern age. And I think what it's trying to say is still really relevant. And it, it, it's almost, like, sad because it's like, we lost that battle. Like, now all media goes through a filter. Like, I mean, that's we started off talking about media that gets lost to the digital you know, be, being premiered on digital platforms. Like, that's literally, like, amazing shows getting, like, thrown away because they didn't perform well enough. Where the the conversation about art or content is gone. Art is worthless. Content is everything. And that's where we're at this day and age. Yeah. For better or worse. Well, for worse. <laughs> well, and I, I think, uh, yeah. I mean, I think it almost, not only is it still relevant, the stuff they talk about, and maybe that maybe that's why it wasn't as, popular at the time some of the things that they are referencing and like almost commenting on but just sort of putting up there for you to see without actually saying something necessarily about it just kind of making it obvious i think are easier to recognize now i think it's easier to look back through history and see those elements and go oh that's messed up that they're highlighting that it's messed up they're highlighting that it's messed up that the police rush in and embrace the white hostage and arrest the black hostage Mm -hmm. that's messed up and they're saying that but at the time you would have to have set like literally said it (laughs) you would have to literally have had a character stand up and go hey that's messed up (laughs) in order for people to understand it it's easier for us to recognize those things now which makes it i think kind of cool to go back and talk about and see and and again it is there's some really funny parts to the movie well like the the whatever the second the lapd unit that shows up and that they're the ones that sneak the gun into the building that mm-hmm. present the real danger into the situation like that is yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah no one was in danger until that gun showed up mm-hmm. well that's not true fake guns are i mean there was danger there was definitely danger well, because somebody because they thought it was a real gun but like yes, yeah the actual life-threatening weapon was brought by uh, yeah. I will say in my four week long legal education, <laughs> there's not much difference really in the ramifications if you have a fake gun and a real one, <laughs> if you're threatening people with it. So <laughs> now you just do three months, Th- oh. three months and you get a concert in, in, in the jail. Yeah. And your girlfriend can come. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot. I, I will. I will own up to that. There's a lot going on. This is not an easy. It's weird because it is an easy watch. It's a dumb. The, the thing is, the movie's dumb. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a yeah. funny, goofy movie with a bunch but in of the same way funny that so actors. many are. Yeah. But then you look mm-hmm. at the elements and it's like, is it reinforcing bad things? I don't know. It's questioning them, but it's not going far enough to like put a pin on it. So sure. Mm-hmm. Which I don't know what you can expect from a comedy. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. No, I'm I'm glad you brought it up because it was fun yeah. going on the quest to watch it. <laughs> so sorry. And it no, it was start I, pirating your illegal downloads. Buy your DVDs now because media is just it's going to get worse from here. So yeah, but in mom, I mean the the Airheads is out there on DVD. You can buy oh, it. God, so. is it, is this where we're going with like the NFT crap? Like 
now the only way you can own a piece of media is by buying this token or whatever. And we're all, oh, oh God. I hope not. It's all I really part of it. I just had such, such a Gen Z moment of just sitting in front. I was like two in the morning at this point, just sitting in front of my Apple TV, just slack jawed, like, I can't find a piece of media. Yeah. How, how can I not find a piece of media? I mean, I am, I am from the generation that this movie is from. And I, I had a moment of like, what? It's nowhere. <laughs> Gotta love YouTube. Uh, Taylor, thank you. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, appreciate it. No, I, didn't I feel like I should apologize. It. I just wanted to see Steve Buscemi in a sleeveless shirt. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoy the movie. I think it's been a fun conversation. So, mm-hmm. and I enjoy a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> we found it. Uh, Riley, what's next? So, <laughs> um, speaking of horrible things on TV, I want to talk about uh, dated and related on Netflix. Which is not about dating people you're related to. <laughs> Gotta clarify. <Taylor's> face. <laughs> it is okay. a Netflix dating show um, by the same people that have made like uh, Love is Blind and uh, Too Hot to Handle, all those more modern Netflix dating shows where young sibling pairs go to a villa to date people. And you have to be a good wingman to your siblings. Like there's twin sisters, there's twin brothers, there's a brother and sister, there's, you know, all these young, attractive people. But they also have to try to date people while their sibling is there. And you're judged by how good of a wingman or person you are to your sibling. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's on Netflix. You don't need to watch the whole season. You get the idea of it after like one episode. Uh, I will say, though, I got sucked into a mind-numbing hole of watching the entire season. So that might happen. I can't guarantee it won't. But just an episode of it. You'll, you'll see what's going on. All right. Well, we will yes. watch that next time. Thank In the meantime, I, I encourage you all to go buy Aaron's on DVD. Quick. Or or don't. It's fine. I don't or, know. Or don't if you don't want to. So, but if you want it, Brendan Fraser and his new efforts, I guess. Yes. There you go. Uh, thank you, uh, siblings. Thank you, listeners. Um, thank you to Maximum Fun, uh, the wonderful network that we are a part of. You should go to MaximumFun.org. Check out all the great shows there. Um, you can tweet at us at stillbuff. You can email us at stillbuffering@maximumfun.org. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Mine. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McRoy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. Um, and I, I am too. I'm going to keep saying that Alamo line. Never heard you say that. I said that before. I don't know why. I just didn't know what I was quoting. (laughs) But it's cool. What happens when you give a bug recreational drugs? What was the first recorded sound? How do we figure out how old the Earth is? Let's find out together on our show, Let's Learn Everything, where we learn anything and everything interesting. My name's Caroline, and I studied biodiversity and conservation. My name's Tom, and I studied computer science and cognitive... Mm, Did you? (laughs) (laughs) And my name's Ella, and I studied stem cells and regenerative medicine. On our show, we do as much research as you would for a class, but we don't get in trouble for making each other laugh. And we get to say f***. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not in the trailer. Subscribe to Let's Learn Everything every other Thursday on Maximum Fun. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.